1: Hi everyone and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach and today we're talking about a very important subject and that's getting into shape and achieving a healthy weight which is something that many people over 50 find very challenging. So I am thrilled to have on the program Certified Personal Training Specialist, Niels Worth. He will also be joined later on with someone he has helped achieve all of this and that someone was a producer on the first season of Finding Your Bliss and that's Phyllis Newman. And also later on in the program we will have the gorgeous music of musician and composer Steve Coven. But first let me tell you a little bit more about my first guest Niels Worth. Niels Worth is a certified personal training specialist and an indoor cycling and boot camp instructor with a passion for helping individuals in midlife and beyond meet their health and their fitness goals. After decades of running from 5Ks to marathons, well, he realized in later life the importance of a balanced exercise program for injury prevention and management. He is now stronger, more energetic, and in less pain than he's been in in years, all while running less. Neil knows firsthand that different stages of life call for different approaches to exercise. It's for this reason that he decided to become a personal training specialist to help other 50-plus individuals become the best version of themselves. He develops programs that meet individuals' specific objectives in a manner that fits their personal schedule with a focus on injury prevention and long life adventure. Neil, welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Thank
2: you. Great to be here.
1: So, Neil, I remember it was exactly a year ago that we met at the Zoomer studios, like literally one year ago, practically today for a show Very similar, and it was before COVID hit. How have you pivoted during this pandemic and how are you helping people with fitness these days?
2: So the first thing that I was doing is I moved online with a lot of my, um, a lot of the people. And the interesting thing was that uh, a lot of people were receptive to that at first, um, but then a lot of people, um, as, as things wore on, a lot of people didn't feel as comfortable maintaining that because... You know, the, the space kind of that they were in was a little cramped and they just didn't feel too, too good about it. The fortunate thing about that is the weather got nicer and we were able to move outside. So what I was able to do was take them outside and I was uh, running with them. Um, I had a mat set up in my backyard or on my deck. And I was uh, had weights outside, and I was distanced with them. We were both wearing masks, and I was just working out with them. The area that I live in has access to some ravines, so we were walking hills, we were going on hikes. Uh, anything that we do, can do to combine the um, working with some resistance training, with doing some cardio, and just getting that in. Then we moved back into the fall, them, of
3: course.
1: <laughs> But the good news is that it's spring now. And so going forward, you're going to be able to do that again. In the height of the winter, what were you doing? Were you just sort of working with people on Zoom, on their treadmills or Pelotons or whatever equipment they had at home and working that way?
2: What I did is I created in, in my workspace in my house, I created a 370 square foot gym space where I could bring clients into this work area. I'm actually sitting in that space right now. Um, so I created a rubberized floor with weights. I put a, right behind me, I put a, a bike in for cardio. And, and um, the idea was that I could bring clients in here and work with them in a safe environment. I got specialized masks for them that they could work out wearing the mask uh, and, and be safe with them and still have that breathing. Um, and I created that. And uh, as everybody knows, we had that that lockdown that started um, in November, so I wasn't able to do that. So then we had to pivot again back to working out on on Zoom, and um, we created. We kept doing that, but again, a lot of people were reluctant to do it because they have cramped space; they didn't feel comfortable with that. So we were doing whatever we could, and where people didn't feel comfortable, I was just uh, went to just advising them. I just said, "Okay, this is what I'm." You know, I would send them an email, I would send them a text to say, "Okay, this is what I want you to do. Go and do this." as best you can, just keep this going, you know, for, for your own sake, uh, just to keep your sanity, just to keep yourself healthy, Absolutely. just to keep yourself going. And then uh, now we're in the situation where we moved the clocks back last week and the days are getting longer and uh, we can go back outside. Even.
1: So amazing. Even in the height of the winter though, have you personally, Neil, been going for walks or runs every day outside? Cause I know a lot of people who have just said, unfailingly, let's continue. Let's just go. And in fact, one of your clients, who's who's going to be coming on the program soon, will be talking about that. Going for that walk every day for an hour, even in the coldest of weather, has that been happening for a lot of your clients and for yourself?
2: Yes. Well, my background is that um, as you you were talking earlier, um, I've always been a runner uh, four seasons a year, and um, I, I move in. I have basically the. The gear for every kind of uh, situation. Um, and I, I would just go out all the time when it's uh, icy outside. I, I wear cleats on my, on my feet. And, and during the winter, what I did when, you know, just as, as last summer, everybody, you know, all of the, um, you know, summer equipment went crazy and people couldn't get it. Uh, I knew going into the winter that the same thing was going to happen. So I went out and got snowshoes to work with my clients and i had been taking them snowshoeing throughout the winter.
1: That's so awesome. As I mentioned that just in your intro, you've always been active all of your adult life, running marathons, half marathons, 10Ks and cycling hundreds of kilometers every year. And then about five years ago, you literally had an epiphany whereby you decided to turn this love of fitness from recreation to a profession and make it your mission which is so cool. That's what the show's all about, to help other people become and stay fit. Can you tell us about this epiphany, what led to it and what made it really come to fruition? Sure.
2: Um, my working life had been in the food industry. And um, this time I was on my way back from uh, a food show in Anaheim, California. And I was sitting next to a gentleman and the conversation turned to the fact that he was a runner, but he hadn't been running in a while. And just in an effort to try to pitch on some business, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll devise a program for you to get you to your next 10K run. He said, that's great. So I went home and I worked feverishly to put this together. And while I was working on it, the light bulb went on and I said, wow, this is more exciting than doing some food consulting. You know, Maybe there's a a business here. Maybe there's a model here. And uh, I talked to my wife about it. She was very supportive. She said, this is great. This is your passion. This is something that you've always been about. I did more research and looked into what I needed to do to uh, get the credentials so that I could effectively do it. And and within about uh, a year and a half, I was certified and ready to go.
1: So amazing. You help individuals over the age of 50. Can you tell us more about this demographic and why you chose this particular group?
2: Well, the obvious thing is that it's it's a demographic that I could relate to. Uh, it's where I am. I'm I'm in that age group. I because I've been you know, running so many years and doing so many just d- different kinds of exercises. I've got to a point where a lot of sort of the wear and tear on my own body, I feel it, and I feel it on a day to day basis. And but I'm also at a point where I want to keep going and. I know what it's like to want to keep going and uh, be sometimes constrained, and and knowing what you need to do to to understand that and know what it's like that the body's not doing today what it was able to do ten or twenty years ago, and understand that and understand what kind of steps you need to do to get there, and understand what it's like to be realistic. So that's one part. But the other part of it is I understand. And I have a sensitivity to people who, you know, as they're getting older, have uh, have certain other kinds of challenges. You know, they've gone to the doctor. The doctor has told them that they have to change their lifestyle, and now they're at a situation where, um, you know, things unless they make some dramatic changes in their lifestyle, uh, things are not going to go well for them. They have to do this now. So I'm sensitive to those kinds of things, and I'm sensitive to trying to help those kinds of people. And then there are a lot of the other people who. Maybe we're once athletic, but because life has gotten in the way, and they want to get back to a place where maybe they want to lose some of the body fat or they you know maybe they're in a situation where they have grandchildren, they can't keep up with them and they want to get back there, I want to work with those kind of people to help them get to the place that they want to be.
1: That's so awesome. I also love that you say you're extremely sensitive to the fact that one size does not fit all. So how do you tailor make each workout to fit each individual?
2: Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down with a person and I'm going to ask them what their goals and desires are. I'm going to have a, a, a conversation with them, and the important thing is in that conversation is you have to you have to be an active listener. You have to sit down and really understand where they're coming from, and then going farther than that, you have to talk to them about what they feel are obstacles that are standing in the way of achieving some of those goals, and really understand. What's what's holding them back and work with them and then work forward beyond them and have an understanding of, okay, what does success for them look like? And then try to show them how light at the end of the tunnel is going to look and then work with them on that. And then you devise a plan and then you work with.
1: So. We all want to feel good and look good, Neil, and be at our best. And so I'm going to share something personal that I have this is something I've struggled with for a very long time. So for instance, I lost a lot of weight before my son's wedding. And I it worked, it was great. The minute the wedding was over, like many, I fell off the wagon again, which I think is common for a lot of people. Do you have any thoughts on the yo-yo dieting that many women and men over 50 years old tend to experience? I think that, you
2: know, what what it is. For a lot of people is, you know, they're looking for that, that quick fix. And I, I think that the, the, the approach that a lot of people really need to look more is to something that you want to do every morning, then it's not going to be work anymore. It's going to something that's going to be, it's going to drive you every day. And when you can make that transition, that's when you can keep that going. But when you're looking at the exercise, you have to look at all the components of the exercise, not just the cardio, you want to look at the resistance training, and you want to look at uh, you know a, a balanced approach to everything that you're going to do and be able to maintain it. So once you've reached, reached, reached that goal, you want to say, okay, I've reached this goal, but how am I going to maintain that goal and keep it moving forward so that I don't, as you said earlier, fall off the wagon.
1: So so you're a natural athlete, Neil. Like this is natural for you. you it's like breathing, right? You love to run. You love to walk. You love to work out. It, you love to cycle. If it's not your natural way, what kinds of things can you suggest to people just to get them engaged and to and to strike a chord and to get them motivated and ready to go?
2: Well, I'm going to correct you on something, Judy. I'm not a natural athlete. I became that way by 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 working to create that desire myself. It's not the, it's not something that came naturally to me. It's something that that I, as I described earlier, I made that transition myself to the point where. I want to get up every morning and run, and I want to get up every morning and do some of the strength training that, that, that I do. Yes, there are people who are gifted who are natural athletes, and there are people who are elite, but in most of us, the, the vast majority of us are people who are not those natural athletes and those people who are at work at getting to the point where they just want to go out because they have that drive and determination to want to just feel better.
1: Do you think if you stick with it, let's say four workouts in a row, that you start to crave it, and that's when it really starts to work? That's what I call
2: myself. It's endorphin. I I get that rush, and you know, when I go out for a run, um, I feel about probably about twenty minutes in, I feel like I'm just floated, and it's just this moment that this release happens, and I'm just feeling better, and it's it's something that I feel in me, and it's like. I can take on the day and I can take on everything that day. And I come in and I'm basically ready to focus on anything that's going to happen during the day, good and bad. And I just have a different mindset on it. And I believe that everybody finds that in anything that they do in, in, in different forms of exercise. And it doesn't have to just be running. It could be, you know, it could be cycling. It'd be going, like you say, going out for that walk. It could be going for a hike. It could be going for a paddle on, on, in a canoe. Um, there's so many different forms of that. And, and people find that. And I'm happy to work with people to help find that.
1: So we're going to hear more about this, and we're actually going to hear from somebody that you have helped, Neil, which is so uh, inspirational to me, somebody that I know. She was the producer on the first season of this program, Finding Your Bliss, and you've helped her lose weight, feel good, get back into shape. And I have found her story to be so inspirational. We're going to hear about that. We're also going to hear about an awesome contest that you are running in conjunction with Finding Your Bliss. And I'm so excited for people to hear about that as well. All of this and more coming up after this short commercial break. Back in a moment. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7, and we're joined by certified personal fitness trainer extraordinaire, as I'm discovering, Niels Zwart, and former producer on Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, Phyllis Newman. Phyllis Newman is a creative media veteran, having spent over 25 years working as a showrunner, development producer, writer, and media consultant on numerous television and digital series. Phyllis has achieved great success in producing highly rated Canadian and international television programs and formats. She's known for creating informative and entertaining content for a diverse and discriminating audience. Phyllis has worked as a casting director with Ann Tate Casting, and as a talent agent with the Edward G Talent Agency, representing actors for film and television. Phyllis co-created and produced the first season of our show, Finding Your Bliss and we had many a giggle fit and lots of long hours laughing and working together. Phyllis is also a college instructor at the Toronto Film School teaching factual entertainment to aspiring content creators and currently Phyllis has a number of series in development. Phyllis welcome to the other side of the microphone on Finding Your Bliss.
3: <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure to be here. It is. It's, it's it's different for me to be on the other side. <laughs> it's surreal, right? It's a, it's very
1: much weird. so. Yeah. Thanks, Judy. So, Phyllis, you met Neil's Worth on Finding Your Bliss in March 2020. What prompted you to start working out with Neil?
3: From about April till July, um, we were, you know, experiencing COVID was unprecedented. Uh, I was sequestered for the most part. I really wasn't as active. Um, I was eating more, you know, the anxiety, depression, or sadness. You know, this was new and this was, you know, so I had put on a lot of weight and I felt lousy. I did not feel like myself. And I thought, you know, I remembered Neil from the show and I had a nice rapport with him. We connected and I thought, you know what? I hire, um, a financial planner and other experts in my life. And I thought, you know what? I have to bite the bullet. I need motivation. I need support. I don't think I can do it on my own the way I used to do it, you know, in my in my 30s and my 40s because my metabolism is different. I'm, in, I'm midlife, perimenopause or menopause. You know, coupled with COVID, I put on about eight to 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I can't do it the way I've always done it. And I just surrendered. And I, I said, yeah, I, I need to hire somebody. And Neil was the first person that popped into my into my head because I, I just was, I think he's so great at what he does. And uh, he was such a lovely person to deal with. So I called him. We had a long chat. And what I liked about him was a very practical or pragmatic approach. So he said, you know, tell me about yourself and, and, and your lifestyle and the kind of activity you do, what do you like to do or what don't you like to do? So it was like this whole kind of profile. And it was about an hour over the phone before we even met to, to start um, working together.
1: So from what I understand, you're doing uh, walking an hour a day, which really is so fantastic. You're running 13 flights of stairs a day, which after you told me that I started trying that, I was only able to do about nine, but something great to aspire to. And you also started some weight training and resistance training. And I don't know, but somehow when you described all that, it just sounded so inviting and so wonderful. So Neil, maybe step in here and tell us how you created created this whole program and then Phyllis, if you could step in and just tell us why this is working so beautifully for you.
2: Well, we sat down, um, I actually did a, a, an assessment with her, um, see what she was capable of doing. We don't want to hurt our clients. We want to make sure that, that we're going to do what they're capable of. We want to work within, with, within their capabilities. Um, and actually she, she was great. I mean, we, we, we were quite somewhat limited because we had to do it masked and I had to be very careful how close I could get to her. So they weren't the most ideal conditions, but we worked within the parameters that we were able to work. And I was able to uh, use that. And based on that and based on her goals and based on what we were trying to accomplish, uh, we were able to draw up a program and uh, have her working a couple of times a week with me. I have an app that I work with my clients on and I I keep them accountable. So she goes on the app and, and well, when she's not working with me, I give her homework. So the app is the thing that's going to keep her honest because it's going to say, well, it's kind of nudging her to say, okay, i got to get on this app because Neil has access to this app and he's watching what I'm doing. And if I don't go on that app, he's going to, he's going to give me a what for. So uh, that's, that whole thing keeps you going.
1: This is so great because this is all the principles that a life coach will use as you do the work. But if there's no accountability factor, it doesn't work. You have to know that the person is actually doing what they, they're they saying. They're purporting that they're going to be doing. So Phyllis, did this happen overnight or was this a gradual buildup of, you know, you, you eventually got to that place? Well,
3: what happened was I was meeting with Neil uh, twice a week initially. I mean, it was about uh, an hour, an hour and a half each session what we agreed upon, which I think is very smart to help the motivation aspect, is that I prepaid him. So I had to show up. Whether, you know, I got up and and also I scheduled it earlier in the morning than I would normally work out. Um, and so I had to show up even if there were days where I, f- I didn't feel great or just was like, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to do this today. I I did. I showed up. I never canceled. I showed up every time. Once I got there, and once we started doing, you know, cardio, walking up ski hills or, um, or paths, and then the, and weight training and whatnot, I felt like a million bucks. So I was like, "What was I thinking? I'm so glad that I showed today." And in, in every respect, I, I loved it. And so what Neil did was. It was, it was habit forming. And then I was able to integrate some cardio. And also I still do my yoga. I still um, engage in online yoga. So it kickstarted me to integrate this and make it habit forming basically every day. So whether I meet with Neil or not, and I mean, now it's lockdown. So we're on a pause, but I give him credit for kickstarting my program which is to walk every day um, and do do 13 flights of stairs, pretty much every day. And, and like you said earlier on in the program, I honestly can't wait to do it. Like at night, I'm like thinking, I can't wait to get up and walk. I'm so excited about that.
1: you tell us how you feel after you've done a walk? Like, what does it do? for you Because I bet sometimes it's hard to get started. But once you do what what happens?
3: Absolutely. And I'm glad you raised that point because there are days where, you know, let's say I'm not working out with Neil, I'm on my own and, you know, it's a gray day or I'm tired or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, again, I don't really feel like doing this. I'd rather be on social media or watching a movie or whatever. But I think to myself, no. So I, it's an internal dialogue. I've made a commitment to myself. I'm going to do it. So I get on my boots or shoes or whatever and I'm out there. And I, I know it's cliche. But I'm going to, I feel like a million bucks. I, I, so I basically do an hour, but I, I could walk two hours. I am feeling because it's the fresh air and it's the movement and I am feeling so good. And it, yeah, it's an endorphin rush. I mean, my, I'm just feeling so alive and energetic. Um, and that's the other part that I wanted to mention that it wasn't just, I, I mean, I'm proud to say I've lost 10 pounds and that's great. So I've basically lost my COVID weight um, and a little bit more perhaps, but it's not just about the weight loss. It's, I'm feeling better about myself, more energy. um, My fitness level is better. I'm not panting when I'm doing the stairs. I'm actually pretty good. You know, I'm, um, I'm sleeping better. I'm more focused, more motivated. So it's just an overall. I mean, weight loss is absolutely one of my objectives, and I will lose more, but I'm doing it slowly and methodically because I want it to be sustainable. I don't believe in quick fixes or magic pills or magic powders or the diet of the week. I always say, diet is die with a T. I don't do. I don't diet. I just eat clean or eat healthy. I incorporate um, fitness as we've talked about. And I've lost weight and I feel better. And so it's just to integrate it daily, make it a habit like you would taking a shower, brushing your teeth. That's what I'm doing. It's It has to be every day.
1: So what do you think characterizes Neils Worth as a phenomenal fitness trainer? Like what differentiates him from the rest?
3: In all my years, I've never worked with a fitness trainer. I've always done my own program and, and successfully. But I realized as I'm Into my 50s, it's hard for me to say it, but it's true, I needed the support. And what I liked about Neil was a practical, pragmatic, he listened to me, we discussed, we negotiated. Some days maybe I wasn't feeling like doing a ski hill, but we did it. And sometimes he said, well, we're doing it again. And I would say, "No," and we wouldn't do it again. Or some days he'd say, OK, but next time you're going to do it twice. Or it was always negotiated. He listened to me. I said, I, I, I don't like to run. And so we're not running, but I have a feeling that maybe one day I will run. Um, so he's persistent, but not pushy or assertive, but not aggressive. And he will, you know, we'll, we'll meet in the middle. We'll, he'll negotiate. I don't want to work with a fitness trainer who is pushing me to the point where one of two things, I feel sick and and therefore, if I feel sick, I really don't want to do it again. Um, I just, I, I want to feel like it's sustainable. Um, so yeah, I find that he, he knows the middle ground. He knows how far, he, he'll push me, but he'll also respect if I say, just not feeling it today. I'm exhausted. I didn't sleep last night or whatever.
1: That's so incredible. I I, I love that testimonial. It's really wonderful. I want to ask you, Neil, is there a way to, to build up your running ability when you're over 50? When
2: I'm working with somebody, and let's say we're doing resistance trainings, if I see that they're really struggling with how they're doing something, then I know that, that maybe that weight is too heavy or they pushed it too hard because that's Really, the difference—you know—a lot of people are going online and they're doing a lot of different things. But that's the difference of needing to have that professional there to watch what you're doing. Because if you don't have that person there to cue you, correct you, or make sure that you're doing—you're not doing something the wrong way—that's when you have that risk of injury. And, and to the point that you made, Judy, you also have to make sure that somebody—that if you're not You know, running properly, there could be a a small, a slight correction that you need in your technique of how you're running that could, could, or or maybe that you need to strengthen your quad, or there's something else going on in the muscle that you need to look at so that you can run. So there's a lot of factors that go into any kind of decision like that. It's not just a yes or no, it's a maybe, but you just have to look at the individual and see what the makeup is and, and what's going on.
1: You know, what are some top tips for people who just want to get back into shape? They want to start somewhere. How can they get started to change their fitness narrative?
2: I would say, you know, seek out a professional to sit down and talk to them. But even if, you know, now it's it's nice that we have longer days now. You know, if, if you have an interest in running, you don't have to go out and start running 5K. You know, one of the things that I do, I tell a lot of clients to do. You want to go out, you want to go running, go out and do a... We call it a walk, R A W K. Um, do a walk, a combination of walking and running. You know, say to yourself that I'm going to run a block, and then start walking the next block, and then switch between the two, and then go out. You know, two nights later, and then increase the ratio between your running and your walking so that it's greater. I know it's cliche, but run. You know, walk before you run, and just start somewhere. The analogy that I write is like, you know, you have a long essay to write, but sometimes when you write that first sentence, you feel that so much weight is lifted off you. It's the same thing with exercise. Sometimes when you just go out and you take that first walk around the block, you already feel that like you've accomplished something and that's a start.
1: So true. You're terrific. That's such great advice. Phyllis, do you have any advice for people who are stuck and want to get started on a healthy fitness routine from the client perspective?
3: Don't get on your scale, and if you have to get on the scale, don't get on your scale more than once a week. Because if you're not losing weight, you're going to be discouraged. So forget about the scale. It's how you feel, your energy, how you're sleeping, your focus, your motivation through the day. Look at things like that that are really important. How strong? Like I feel stronger. Um, uh, I, I've never felt so strong or so so energized, um, and that's important. So look at look at this as a long term. Uh, sustainable, habitual thing that you're going to do every day, you're going to put aside one hour every day, and do something which is good for yourself. And eventually, you will lose the weight and feel better. But don't be so fixated on the numbers. And don't think, oh, I have to lose 10 pounds in two months to fit into that outfit or whatever. Don't think like that. Think about this as the long term. This is forever. And it has to be, especially as we age, we have to take, I I preach self-care, self-compassion. We have to make ourselves, our health, our wellness number one as we age. Absolutely. I, oh, I say mean, that. So, thank, for, <laughs> thank
1: you for that. That's no, great. I'm, I'm so excited to tell our listeners about a generous giveaway. Neil, can you tell us about the contest that we are running right now on Finding Your Bless?
2: Yes. Well, the winner of this contest is going to get some uh, personal training sessions with me and um, some uh, swag giveaways. That's going to be um, complimentary to, uh, to the sessions to aid and abet the, uh, the training that you're going to receive. So uh, look forward to whoever wins to have the opportunity to train with me for a few sessions, and um, look forward to uh, to having the opportunity to to be part of this exciting uh, this exciting program.
1: We're so grateful to you that I should tell our listeners it's a giveaway valued at $500 with probably uh, the best fitness trainer around. So whoever wins is a very lucky person. I want to win and I'm not allowed to win because I'm part of the contest, but yeah, Phyllis wants to win too. I want to ask, Go ahead, Phyllis. <laughs>
3: I'm just, and he has great taste in music. We listen to music, we talk about music, so that's also like that's just a bonus that he's got great taste in music, and he plays really cool music when you're working out.
1: So there you go. That's oh, so cool. So Neil, I asked you this question a year ago, and I'm going to ask it now because I bet it's changed somewhat. What is bliss for Neil's worth right now?
2: Bliss for me right now is is everything is having somebody like Phyllis Newman. Talk about what she just did. I mean that—that that to me is bliss. I mean, I, I didn't know that that she's, you know, saying the things that she's saying, and to have a person like that come on. I have some other clients that that you know talk about it and have have the same kind of results. I mean, obviously, everybody's situation is different, but when I have a person like her coming on and talking about that from personal uh, experience, and and to talk about how she's in it for the long haul. And and what it's doing for her on a regular basis, you, you see that her whole mindset has changed um, to to a point where she sees things differently. And it's not about the weight, it's not about the scale, but it's really about feeling better on, on a regular basis. That to me, says that it's working. And it, it tells me that in terms of, of you know, the, my mission in terms of you know, this change I made in that epiphany that I had a few years ago on that flight, it was all for the right reasons. So that's great.
1: That's so fantastic. Phyllis, what is bliss for you right now?
3: Uh, health and wellness, love and connection.
1: That's what matters. That's so fantastic. Niels how can people get in touch with you to sign up for your personal fitness training and to follow you on social media, et cetera, et cetera? What's the best way for people to contact you?
2: um they go to go to my site endorphin.ca uh you can also text me uh, um 416-720-4009 and through this site you can get all the other social media ways to get uh, at endorphin fitness um and i look forward to having the opportunity to work with everybody
1: that's so fantastic can you spell endorphin fitness for your website again for people P-H-I-N. Awesome. That's so fantastic. And we're going to have more at the end of this show, by the way, in Bliss News, all about how you can enter the contest, what you need to do to win this fabulous prize pack of all of these personal fitness training sessions and all this swag phyllis newman what's the best way for people to get in touch with you
3: um well phyllis newman on facebook and linkedin um and uh instagram is
1: at phil media p-h-y-l media Awesome. I want to thank you so much to Worth and Phyllis Newman for being on the show today. It's been great having you both back on the show and, uh, and very inspiring stuff. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. We're going to go on a short commercial break. When we come back, we will be joined by the beyond talented musician and composer, Steve Coven, who incidentally came to us also through Phyllis Newman, once the producer, always a producer. So Phyllis, what do you love about Steve Coven's music? Cause you highly recommended him.
3: Well, I actually went to public school with Steve. So we've been friends since grade three, if you can imagine. Um, but the, the the memory I have actually, there's two. I remember Steve, like, you know, at his desk sort of drumming, like he was always very, you know, musical and hyper and. But he used to come to my house and he used to sit at our piano and improv and make up little songs about me. And it was so fun. So I'm thrilled that that he's on your show because he is so incredibly talented and he's a lovely
1: person too. That's so cool. Thank you. Looking forward to hearing that more finding your bliss and the music of Steve Coben when we come back back in a moment. We are back. This is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. We are now joined by musician and composer, Steve Coven. Steve Coven is a composer, performer, producer, educator, and filmmaker. In 1993, he established the Steve Coven Trio. Touring the world for more than two decades, they've been coined as Canadian cultural ambassadors. Aside from performing worldwide with his trio, Steve also performs solo piano concerts throughout North America, Europe, and the Caribbean. Dozens of Coven's compositions have been licensed for national and international film and television productions. As an educator, Steve has been teaching in the Faculty of Music at Toronto's York University since 2003, teaching contemporary improvisation and jazz piano studies. In addition, Steve teaches in the music department at Centennial College in Toronto. He holds a master's in music composition and has presented master classes in clinics throughout Canada, Canada, China, Japan, Colombia, Barbados, Bahamas, USA, and Mexico. Steve is also the education coordinator of the Eleuthera International Jazz Festival in Eleuthera, Bahamas, and has presented a TEDx talk at Queen's University in Kingston. Coven is also an award-winning filmmaker, receiving first prize for his documentary, 20, in the 2015 Toronto Independent Film Festival and as well for his documentary Improvisation in the 2018 Toronto Short Film Festival. Steve, congratulations on all of that and welcome to Finding Your Bliss.
0: Judy, good to be here. Nice to see you in on the screen.
1: So great. I know this is so phenomenal that on Squadcast we can actually see each other now and have this video component in addition to the audio recording, which is so cool. So the other night, I just finished and loved watching your documentary, 20 Years, which, as I just mentioned, won first prize at TIFF in 2015. And what was so remarkable was that you've done all of this, Steve, on your own for 20 years without a publicist, without a manager, without a producer. And I have to ask you, to what do you attribute your success as a composer for this wonderful group, the Steve Trio?
0: I guess perseverance and passion are two things that play a huge part of my success. I I love what I do. That's never the same. And my passion it drives that. And then my determination and drive uh, really keeps me focused on creating always, always trying to be involved with different projects. And I think that translates to success.
1: You also seem to have a great vibe, the three of you. Like you just seem to like jive well together and, and speak the same language. Was that sort of an instantaneous thing or did that grow over time? No,
0: I think uh, we met back in, gosh, I think in 1993 at an Ethiopian restaurant on Bloor Street playing music. We got paid $5 and uh, used to get parking tickets for a lot more than that when we would get back to our car but we met and um we just kind of hit it off Uh, anthony and rob are great human beings and we all three love making music together and um we just bond and we just kept it going for all these years and uh, yeah friendship and colleagues the whole bang happened all at once
1: that's so fantastic. You're not only a musician, you're also an award-winning filmmaker, as mentioned. You made a film called Improvisation, which was selected as the winner of the documentary short at the 2018 TIFF uh, Toronto Independent Film Festival. And there's a couple of things that people said about you that I think really describe your music, which by the way, I love. And my daughter, who's a singer and a musical theatre artist uh, studying at Sheridan's musical theatre program in third year, absolutely adores your, your music. And And one of the things that was said about you is that Steve Coven brings to the stage a contagious passion for jazz that has made him one of the finest performers in the biz. Where does all of this musical talent come from?
0: Well, I think it starts with my family because I grew up in a musical home. Uh, My dad playing the piano, my mom singing, my siblings all playing an instrument. Um, So I was exposed to all kinds of music from an early age. So I think that's where it originally came from. Um, and then as I got older, I, I, I continued studying music at York University. And uh, it's just music has been something that is always I've gravitated towards. I, it, it's mm-hmm. something that I love. It makes me feel great. Uh, I use it for sometimes when I'm feeling down, I'll go to the piano and create to bring me out of that space. Music is life. So I think it comes from just me connecting with it that way.
1: That's so incredible. What is involved for you? What is your process in being a composer?
0: Well, I think one thing is doing it every day, Um, uh, persistence, and and just always putting this time aside to go and try to be creative, try to experiment, try to explore whether I'm playing uh, exercises or I'm playing chord progressions or I'm just working with grooves and beats. I I just am always at the piano so... I'm aware that I'm working at this uh, process and sometimes things pop out and I capitalize on them and then make them into something.
1: That's so great. You talk also about music as healing. You also talk just about the nature of music as as sort of having healing properties. Can you explain?
0: Well, I think music is something that most people around this planet relate to for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but we connect to it and, uh, as we all know, a song can trigger a memory, it can trigger an emotion. Uh, it's a healer. We relate to this idea of music on a much bigger scale, sk- uh, level. And as a healer, I've, I've used music actually as a healer. I work, I work right now with a, um, um, uh, nonprofit organization called the Bitov Method. Wow. And it's an online method that we work with people with dementia and Alzheimer's and memory loss. Uh, and we use art, not just music, but all art to connect these, with these people and to engage them. And it, it definitely is an extremely powerful tool.
1: Do you know Della Bitov?
0: Very well. I just saw her yesterday.
1: <laughs> She's a very good friend of mine. We're in the same mastermind group. She's also a beautiful talent. She has a gorgeous voice. And uh, that's so funny because you said Beethoven right away. I thought that sounds that sounds like there's a connection there. She's an amazing person.
0: Yeah, uh, they're an amazing family. They, I mean, they they started this nonprofit uh, long about eight years ago, and it, um, working with people with memory loss and dementia. And uh, and now since COVID, we had to fold up the uh, the uh, the headquarters, as I would call it, or the uh, the main area where everybody would meet because of uh, COVID. And then we went online, so it's now very successful.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank goodness for online. At least it gives you that vehicle and that outlet, which is so amazing. You also teach music, Steve. What do you love about teaching? I know you teach uh, at York University online and at Centennial.
0: That's an easy question to answer. The the most important thing I love about teaching is mentorship, uh, is making a difference in somebody's life, um, inspiring them, making them believe in themselves. Uh, Music is the tool to get that across, but it's really about connecting and inspiring.
1: That's so great. I think you also learn by teaching, don't you? That's what I love about teaching. As you're teaching, you're learning it yourself as if for the first time.
0: Hugely. I mean, the the teacher is only as good as the student. And uh, the students teach a lot to the teachers. And it's a mutual admiration club with back and forth. Everybody relies on connecting. And we're all teachers if, if we want to try to be that. that's
1: right we're all teachers and we're all connected and 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 really what it all comes down to and I realize this more and more on this show finding your bliss is just it's all about love so I love your latest album that you were just finishing up titled love which was created during covid what inspired you to create this album and did covid almost this pandemic help you have the time and the space to do so uh well
0: I'll I'll, uh, comment on the latter Uh, for sure covid has been a an interesting time in our lives because it's forced me personally to, to, uh, just to deal with things, to adapt. And that is what we as human beings do really well. We adapt. Um, so COVID has given me an opportunity to try something new. And that's what this new album, Love is about. As you know, all my albums up until now have been jazz based, but this new album, uh, Love is, is a pop popular music it's more popular music and i'm singing on all the tracks i i wrote all the lyrics it's the first time i've released anything like that plus i uh produced it in my home studio with 14 musicians contributing their creative love uh virtually and that mm. was an interesting uh process <laughs> <I'll> um, <bet.
1: laughs> yeah but
0: the main reason i got into it judy is that uh, at the beginning of covid you know i was doing online concerts and I got kind of fed up with that and I wanted to do something else, spend my time doing something else. Uh, so I decided to create a body of work that was inspired by positive, good love energy, as opposed to all the negativity that was happening around me. And, yes. uh, and then in May, I lost my father. He passed away during COVID. Oh, yep. I'm
1: so sorry to hear that. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that. Well, I think oh, it's... Boy.
0: It's a, I think it's a common story. People have lost a lot of people during the last year and they couldn't see their loved ones. But that inspired me too. My dad was going to be 92. He had a great life and he left me with nothing but positive, uh, energy. And we spent a lot of quality time together. So I started to take that and put it into the music also.
1: What is bliss for Steve Coven?
0: B- bliss, uh, for Steve Coven, uh, right now. <laughs>
1: being Aww, in the, that's a nice uh, listen, answer well, being in the moment
0: that's if I can be in the moment more uh, it's blissful if you can find that
1: that's so great and that's what we all need to do isn't it it's just to be mindful and just to say there's nothing more perfect than this moment right now so I'm going to have to agree with you on that this has been so lovely Steve what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and follow you on social media uh,
0: stevecoven.com is my website um and I'm on Facebook under Steve Coven and they can also go to Steve Coven dot bandcamp dot com. That's my new album, love. And uh check me out on just Google me. I'm all over the place.
1: And I'm also going to tell our audience to check out the the documentary 20. I just loved it. So wonderful. Definitely. I encourage our audience to check that out and to check out all of your music and to purchase your music because it really is fantastic. Thank you again so much, Steve, for being with us today. It's been so lovely having you. I know we tried for a while. We, we finally made it happen.
0: Hey, Judy. Judy, thank you so much for having me on the program because uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you and to to share my love with everybody.
1: We really appreciate it. Thank you for helping us all take one step closer to finding our bliss. Each week we spotlight a singer songwriter or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at finding Also, we encourage you to visit us at finding your bliss magazine, and you can write for us too. be sure to sign up for bliss news. And of course you can follow us at the bliss minute on Instagram and on Facebook. I'm also so excited to announce that our spring fitness giveaway courtesy of certified personal fitness trainer Niels Worth is live right now. This fabulous collab with endorphin attainable fitness is valued at five hundred dollars, three one-hour private training sessions with Niels Worth himself, and some awesome swag. The contest closes on Monday. March 22nd, so be sure to enter and check out my post at the Bliss Minute on Instagram for all the contest details. I would like to thank my guests, Neil Zwarth, Phyllis Newman, and Steve Coven for being on the show today. Also, a big thank you to our supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kylie, PA researcher and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and to everyone here at Zoomer, and of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Lee Brack, reminding you all to stay safe, stay healthy, and let's all get into shape for spring so we can all take one step closer to finding our bliss.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.